Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Well, just as the video says, we are... Uh, Taking some time today and uh, obviously tomorrow being Memorial Day, just wanted to uh, just uh, give thanks and honor those who, uh, who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. Um, real quick, anyone have a family member in the armed forces, military, anything like that, someone you know? Um, I, I think all of us can probably relate to this in some way, a, a family member, a close friend, but um, this is... Uh, this is a great day, you know, Memorial Day, a, a time that the world sets aside to just, uh, again, just honor those who um, sacrificed uh, their life for us to have the freedoms that we have. So here's what I'm going to do. Let's start out a little bit different today. I want to just take a minute and I want to pray right now um, for those families that uh, maybe tomorrow's a tough day as they remember, as they, as they gather around. Maybe it's a celebration for some. Maybe it's, it's a difficult day for others. But let's just thank God for those who uh, uh, gave their life for us. Father, uh, we just come before you this morning and, and want to take this opportunity to thank you for uh, just putting the call in so many people's lives to, to fight for freedom, to fight for uh, good. And, and Lord, I know that there's some family and friends in this room right now um, that have lost loved ones, that have uh, uh, you know, comforted those around them. Um, for, for this sacrifice. And so, God, we just pray for all the families represented, all those that are, um, man, just taking a time out tomorrow and, and this weekend to, to remember. Um, and, Lord, I just pray that, that ultimately we would all remember what you did by sending your son Jesus to die for us. And so we honor you, we honor them today, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, uh, again, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here with us. Um, we are, are super excited um, for this weather to get out of here, Shira. We don't like it. All right. <clears throat> so uh, but I do want to say a big thank you for, for everyone being here today has been kind of a crazy morning. It's one of those days where if it can go wrong, it's going to. And so um, but I believe that that's the enemy at work. We, God's got a message and he wants you to hear. And, um, you know, our team works really hard. I came in today and man, we had people going everywhere and and scrambling to get things fixed and work and our team works really really hard to make this church feel like your church and so we want to make sure you feel welcomed here um, we're finishing out a series of talks and the title of this series has been chain reaction chain reaction we all know what that is something kind of you know you get a snowball at the top of the hill right and it keeps going it keeps going it gets bigger it gets bigger it's a chain reaction and we're talking about there's there's these um small, simple spiritual habits that we can set up in our lives to help us create a chain reaction. So we spent a few weeks on these. Um, week one was your time with God. Set up some small spiritual habits in your time with God, your, your care for others, your calling to serve. And today we're going to talk about your commitment to generosity, your commitment to generosity. Now I'm going to start today with a very, very, very important statement. And I want you to hear this because I would say most likely many of us in this room uh, would find ourselves this would be a true statement. If you want God's blessing on your life, if you want God's power in your life, and if you want God's anointing through your life, 
you must build your life on these three things that I'm going to give you. All right. You can't leave after I give you these three, but we'll talk about them. Okay. Number one is integrity. Integrity. If you want God's blessing in your life, you have to build your life on integrity. Number two, humility. Humility. We got to be a humble person. Number three is generosity. Number three is generosity. And so, so I, I don't have a ton of time today. We're not going to talk about integrity and humility. We'll get into those another day. But today we're going to talk about generosity. How do I live a life that is marked by generosity? There's over, there's over 7,000 promises in God's word, all right? And, and many of them have this premise. God says, if you do this, I'll do this, right? Over 7,000 times. But the number one thing that God has promised is connected to generous living. The number one promise is about generous living. Now, let me, let me put your mind at a little ease here. We're not just talking about money, okay? Generous living with my money, my time, my energy, my praise, my talents, my words, generosity. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It comes out in every single aspect of my life. And so today, I want to I wanna try to just... Um, give some simple steps, some truths that we find in God's word. But let me start by trying to define what do I mean by generosity? What, what does that really mean? Well, I want to give you a simple, simple, simple definition. All right. If you're, if you're a note taker, write this down. Generosity is simply this love in action. Love in action. Most of you have probably heard the old quote, you can give without loving, right? But you can't love without giving. Right. And so think about that. Love gives. Generosity is love in action. Love is giving. Love is giving away. Let me say this. If I'm not a generous person, then I'm not a loving person. Right. Like, like some of you are like, dude, that's kind of harsh. You know, like, like, well, well, think about it with me. OK, let's think about the difference in, in giving and taking, receiving and giving away. What, think about the two things. All right. There's there's love and love is about giving. And then there's lust. Lust is about getting. OK, so so understand the difference. If you're not a generous person, then you're not a loving person. Lust is about getting. Love is about giving. In the Bible, if you do a quick word study, there's a, there's a lot of uh, you know, words that we really, really focus on in the Bible. The word believe. The word believe is in the Bible 272 times. The word pray. Most of us would say, yeah, that's a pretty important word, right? We should probably know that one. 371 times. The word love. Love, man, that's big, right? God so loved the world 714 times. The word give, 2,152 times. Why? Why is that? Because God is a giver. God is a giver. If God was not generous, we would have nothing, right? If God was not a generous God, we wouldn't have anything at all. A very popular author, Gordon McDonald, he says this, generous giving is not about doling out extra amounts of money. It is about re reorienting the human heart in the direction of Christ so that we become transmitters of the same affection and care that Christ modeled 
in his time. Generous lifestyle, generosity is something that flows out of me. God gave his one and only son so that you and I may have eternal life. Jesus gave his life. Why? Why did, Je- Why did God give his son? Why did Jesus give his life? Not so that you and I can walk through life with an insurance card going, hey, I know I'm going to heaven, right? He did that. They did that so that we may live a generous lifestyle. And let me say this, without generosity, without generosity, you cannot become spiritually mature. You cannot become spiritually mature. You'll stay a spiritual adolescent. You'll stay a spiritual infant until you get this this generosity lifestyle down. Well, some of you think, man, that's that's kind of a, a bit strong statement, right? Well, I think generosity always has been and always will be one of the central characteristics of true followers of Christ. And think about it with me, okay? Today, the church, the church in our world, we've kind of we've kind of changed it, okay? Today in church, we look at people and we measure how mature a person is by the way they dress when they come to church, right? We we get we look at them and we're like, oh, they dress well, they look they look nice, so they must be a mature Christian. We 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 measure people's. Uh, uh, Maturity by the way they talk and the the people they hang out with and the places they go and the people that they don't hang out with, right? But if you take a look back in the Bible, if you look back at the early church and you discover there was this community of believers of Jesus and they were so different from the rest of the culture that the culture took notice. Their generosity stood out amongst everything else that they did. And, and the culture began to notice, wait, those people are different. The, the, the rest of the society is this way, but the, those Christ followers, they're so generous. And, and, and we talked about this a little bit last week. What did they do? The, the, the world marveled at the church's generosity. The church gathered their money together. Hey, guys, everybody bring what you have. Bring your gold, bring your silver, bring your treasures. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to sell it all and we're going to take care of the widows and we're going to take care of the orphans and we're going to take care of all the people that, that God has put in our lives. And it stood out amongst the world. I think that's something that the church today has lost. The church today is more marked by what we're against than what we're for. So today, I want to I ask you this question, and here's, here's kind of the question I'm going to leave you with today. How do I live a life marked by generosity? How do I live a life marked by generosity? If you have your Bible, go to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. It's in the Old Testament near the front of the Bible. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 is where we'll spend a few minutes today. Last week, we... We, uh, we talked about King David and he was out in the desert and he got some bad news. So he kind of raged a little bit and he was ready to go fight. He was ready to go start a war. Well, today we find uh, uh, another passage about King David. He's in the near, near the end of his reign. He's been the king now for about 40 years when we pick up here in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Right? He's been serving God. He's been serving God's people. During this time as a king, think about it with me, as a king, he would have built up quite the treasure, right? As a king for 40 years, you've probably done pretty well with your life. 
Well, in chapter 29, the beginning of chapter 29, David has all the assembly together. He's talking to all of God's people and they're talking about, all right, here's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to build a temple in honor of God. And this temple is going to be the best temple that's ever been built. Why? Because God deserves our best. God deserves all of it. And he deserves everything we have. And so David's telling the assembly, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to build this thing. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be the best of the best. And so David says his piece. Then some others say their piece. And then we're going to pick up in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3. All right, so let's stand with me and honor the reading of God's word. And we'll read through uh, verse 18. So we'll start reading in verse number three. Moreover, because of my delight in the house of my God, I now give my personal treasure of gold and silver for the house of my God over and above all that I have provided for the holy house. 100 tons of gold, 250 tons of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the buildings. The gold for the gold work and the silver for the silver for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who will volunteer to consecrate himself to the Lord today? Verse six, then the leaders of the households, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly For the service of God's house, they gave 185 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver. There's a lot going on here. 675 tons of bronze, 4,000 tons of iron. Whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the Lord's house under the care of Jehau, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because of the leader's willingness to give, for they had given to the Lord wholeheartedly. Listen to this. King David also rejoiced greatly. Then David blessed the Lord in his sight and all the assembly. David said, may you be blessed, Lord God, our father of Israel, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Lord, is the greatest. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you. You are the ruler of everything. Notice where he's positioning God in his life. Power and might are in your hand. It is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Verse 14, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes to you and we have given you only what comes from your own hand. For we are aliens and temporary residents in the presence as we were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this wealth that we've provided for the building you, a house for your holy name comes from your hand. Everything belongs to you. Verse 17. I know, my God, that you test the heart and that you're pleased with what is right. I have willingly given you all these things with an upright heart. And now I have seen your people who are presently who are present here giving joyfully and willingly to you, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, keep this desire forever in the thoughts and hearts of the people, uh, of your people, and confirm their hearts toward you. Father, I just pray for these next couple minutes of our lives, you would speak to our hearts, you would show us the places where where we're stingy, show us the places where we're 
where we're not in line with your word. Give us a heart to live a life marked by generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So let me give you four things real quick. How do I live a life marked by generosity? Number one, number one, generosity starts with my worship. Generosity starts with my worship. Look back at verses 11 through 13 here with me. David had just, he let everyone speak. He spoke to the assembly. Everyone else spoke. And as soon as it was done, he turns his attention to God and he begins to give God praise. He begins to give God thanks. And and look at these words. I love when David gives God praise. He says, yours, Lord, verse 11, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty. I mean, just think about that. He could have stopped at yours, Lord, is the glory and then gave a sentence. But he continues to heap this praise onto God. Everything in the heavens and earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. And I exalt you as head over all. It keeps going. Riches and honor come from you. You are the ruler of everything. Power and might are by your hand. It is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise in your glorious name. Here's the thing. We, we, when we want a generous life, we begin with praising God and putting him in his right place. We begin by saying, okay, God, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is what you have given me. And your worship honors God. Your worship gives God the honor. It puts him in the right place. And it says, God, it's all yours. You're the giver. I'm the receiver. Thank you. You're the head over everything. When we worship, we put God in his right place. Many of the the Psalms that we have in in the Bible are also written by David. Psalm 63, listen to what he says. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. Think about that for a second. In your generous love, I am really living at last. I wonder how many of us, that's, that's a cry of our heart. Man, I just kind of have this average, mundane, like like mediocre life. And I really want to live. I really want to fill and live my life to the fullest and have joy. David says, in your generous love, I'm really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. He was worshiping God. He was putting God in his right place. He was honoring God. And so in your life, when you're ready to to move from a taker to a giver, it starts with worship. Number two, number two, generosity draws me closer. Generosity draws me closer. Look at verse 17 here. After David gives God all this praise, he says, I know my God, I know my God, that you test the heart, that you are pleased with what is Right. David says, I know, I know you test the heart. I know you are pleased when I live a generous life. How does David know that? Because his generosity, his his heart is drawn to the same things that God's heart is drawn to. David's heart is, is, is about generosity. It's about giving. And so now he's got this connection with God. It's drawing him closer. Why? Because he's being obedient in his generosity. 
Whatever I invest my, my time, my money, my energy, it shows what's important to me, right? It shows this is something I believe in. If, if I go and do it, if I, you know, for those of you that, that love to go to the gym, you got a screw loose somewhere, but if you love it so much, it shows that you believe in that, right? It shows that that's important to you and that's totally fine, right? But, but when, I'm, when I'm living a generous lifestyle, it shows that I'm interested in the same thing that God is interested in. It shows that I'm striving and my gaze is going to be on the things that I'm doing. When I invest in God and his work, it draws me closer to him. When I, when I come to church and I show up early and I help and it feels like I'm just putting up chairs or I'm just, I'm just tearing stuff down, I'm, I'm drawing closer to God because I'm doing what he does. I know him better. Matthew 6 says, the place where your treasure is is the place where you will most want to be and you will end up being there. What is it that I treasure when I, when I live a generous lifestyle, it draws me closer to God. As it draws me closer, then number three, number three, generosity demonstrates my faith. Generosity demonstrates my faith. In that same verse after David says, I know, I know, I, I'm drawing closer. I know, my God, this is your heart. I'm, I'm living for you. Then he says this, I have willingly given all these things with an upright heart. Every time you give, every time you're generous in your life, it shows who, who you are trusting in for his promises. Every time you, you, you spend time, energy, money, resources, praise, it shows what you believe. You are buying what God is selling. It demonstrates your faith to those around you. Paul said it to the, the church in Corinthians. He says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Your generosity or your lack of generosity shows where your heart is. It reveals where your heart is. It, it lets everyone know this is, this is my faith or this is more about me. But the way we handle our resources, again, not just money, the way we handle our lifestyle or the way we see generosity is the clearest indicator of our heart's spiritual condition. All right. Think about that with me for a second. The, the, the way we view generosity, the way we handle our resources, the way we live this out is a very clear indicator of our heart's spiritual condition. If you've ever wondering, well, am, am I chasing after God and what he calls me to, or am I chasing after the world? If you've ever wondered that, just, just take a little time out and look at your generosity. Your generosity will show you what you're chasing in this life. Your generosity can be a sign of surrender, or it can be a sign of slavery to this world. Maybe today the, the, the question that maybe you need to ask yourself, am I? Am I generous or am I stingy? Am, do I live this generous lifestyle or, or do I live a stingy lifestyle? Stinginess is caused by unbelief. 
Hoarding is caused by unbelief. I don't believe if I give that I'll have enough left over. So, so I'm just going to keep. I'm going to keep. I'm not going to be a generous uh, a giver. I, I'm going to keep because I really don't believe that I'll have enough. And, and I want you to go here with me just for a second. And, and let's talk about money. It's not about an amount. It's about a mindset. Okay, it's not about an amount. It's about a mindset. And for some of us, your mindset limits you in in living this generous life. Maybe your mindset today is, well, well, we just don't have enough. We don't have enough to give. I don't have enough is a mindset. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources, whatever it is. Maybe your mindset of I don't have enough is limiting you from living a true and generous lifestyle. Maybe your mindset is, well, well, I'll give when. I'll give when we make more. I'll give when we have more time. I'll give when, when, when this busy season in our life is over, then I'll jump in and help. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Your mindset reveals your faith. And I truly believe that that we need to move from I'll give when to I'll give now. We need to move from not enough to more than enough. You see, more than enough is a mindset. God, you've given me more than enough. That's what David says over and over. You've given me it all. It's all yours. Everything, all I'm doing is giving it back, God. And, and David is saying that over and over. And what is that doing? It's revealing his faith in who God is. And the Bible says it proves that I'm being obedient to the good news of Jesus. What's your mindset? So number three there, generosity demonstrates my faith. And then number four, generosity expands my influence. Generosity expands my influence. If you read through this whole chapter and, and, and it kind of, David kind of sums it up here in verse 17 at the end, he says, and now I have seen your people who are present here giving joyfully and willingly to you. David stepped up in all of his treasure and he says, no, 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 we're not just going to build what we've set aside. I'm going to give a lot of my own treasure. I'm going to give, I'm going to give hundreds and I'm going to give thousands. I'm going to give treasures. I'm going to give gold and silver. I'm going to do all of this. And, and as soon as he gets done this, he asks the question, who else is ready? And then all the other leaders start saying, well, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give. And David says, God, now that I've seen your people who are present, they're giving joyfully and willingly. David led the way in generosity. He led the way in giving. He knew it was his responsibility. He lived a generous life and people began to notice. Parents, grandparents, if you want your kids to be generous, then you be generous. Because the more generous you become, the more influence you will have. Don't miss that. The more generous you become, the more influence you will have. Influence comes not from what you get, but from what you give away. Proverbs says this, one person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right only to become poor. A generous person will be enriched. And the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. Psalm 112, they share freely and give generously to those in needs. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence 
and honor. You want to leave a strong, godly legacy for your family, for your children, then be generous. Now, as, as I'm kind of landing the plane here, I want, to, I want to make something really, really clear. We probably would all raise our hand and say, yeah, I would like to have a reputation for generosity, right? Most of us would sign up for that. But the problem is that we'd all like to buy it at a cheap price. Let me ask you guys this question. Anybody in here that you enjoy um, like bartering, you, you enjoy like you go to buy a car and you're, they want they want some money and you're like, no, I'm paying that. Anybody enjoy that? Nobody like, dude, I'm all about it. Right. Like I don't want to pay full price for anything. OK, whether it's it's Facebook marketplace or the flea market. Um, I tried it at Walmart the other day and they just looked at me like I was crazy. And, 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 and my, I just, I don't want to pay full price, right? I want it cheaper. I don't want to pay what you say I have to pay. And I think we, we kind of can bring that same mindset into living a generous life. Yeah, I want to I be known as generous. I want to have influence as being a generous person. But our problem is that we want to buy it at a cheaper price. Our problem is we don't want to pay the true price of what it means to be generous, so my question is, do the people in your life see that your trust in God is bigger than, than your trust in your earning potential? Is your trust in God bigger than, than your trust in your savings account, in your retirement account? Is your trust in God there? Or do people see that you get more joy out of the things in life? There is a price to pay if you want to make a difference. And generosity expands our influence. I want you to see this last verse here as we, as we close our time today. In verse 18, David says, says something that, that as I read that, I'm like, yes, 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 this is it right here. And David ends his prayer time. He's praying to God. And then he asks God this last thing here in verse 18. He says, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, Keep this desire forever in the thoughts of the hearts of your people and confirm their hearts towards you. They just got done taking an offering. They just got done bringing in all this stuff and David's worshiping God. He's praising God. He's like, man, this is, this is incredible. And then he prays this prayer for the future. And he says, God, what's burning inside of all of us right now? God, help us to keep this mindset. Help us to keep this generous lifestyle. And that's my heart for our church today. That's my heart for, for every church today, that we would be marked by a generous and obedient lifestyle. Let me, let me just individualize this for a second. What if your generosity sets off a chain reaction? What if God is waiting on you to say, all right, buddy, it's your turn. All your resources, your time, your money, your energy, everything. It's time for you to live. What if, what if people get to go to heaven because of your generosity? Because you said, this is what I'm gonna do. And David says, God, keep this heart in us. Keep this mindset within us. God, keep this forever in the thoughts of your people. This is what I don't want you to miss out on. I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. Church, it is our job to go live a life marked by generosity. 
this abundant life, this overflowing life of joy and happiness. And let me give you this promise real quick. We're going to pray. Whatever God calls you to, he will equip you to do. Whatever God calls you to, he will equip you to do. I believe that with all my heart. He's shown that. He's proved that over and over and over. So maybe there's some mindsets that you got to start pushing through. I don't have enough. I'll start being generous when. Let's push through those mindsets. Today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's the first step. That's step number one. David and all the assembly, the reason why they were generous, the reason why they were giving all their stuff is because they had this relationship with God and they said, God, we want to honor you. We want to please you. And if you don't have that relationship, that is number one. He was generous and he gave his son's life so that you could know hope, so that you could know peace, so that you could have freedom in your life. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, here in just a moment, my wife Shira, she's gonna come up, she's gonna give some announcements, we're gonna dismiss. But we've got a team of people, our prayer and care team, that would love to take God's word. I would love to take God's word and show you what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Maybe God's speaking to your heart this morning about about giving, about serving, about time, uh, about your money, about your energy, whatever it is, whatever it is. You say, man, I'm ready to begin this generous lifestyle. I'm going to have a commitment to generosity. I'm ready to set off a chain reaction in my family. And it starts with me. If that's you, when we dismiss here in just a moment, just stop by. Pastor Bobby, can can you pray with me? Grab one of our, our prayer team, our care team, and say, hey, can you pray with me? And get you some resources. We can help you. But whatever it is, my prayer is just like what David said. May City Hope Church have this generosity mindset forever in our hearts so that we can go into this world and make a difference for his kingdom. Father, I love you. I'm thankful for this opportunity that you've given me today to open your word, to speak your truth. And I pray, God, that you would use every single aspect of this message. Lord, I pray that if there's some here that their worship is in the wrong place, Lord, that you would reveal that. But I pray that if there's some here that are, that are ready to have influence, God, give them that passion, that burden to begin to be givers. Help us to love well, to go out into this world just like the early church and be seen as different because of our love for you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross, for giving to us your commitment to generosity started with your life. We thank you for that today. We praise you for that today. And I pray that there's one here, one listening that does not know you, that today would be the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.